The night manager at the Hotel Rector was a man in his sixties by the name of Norman Blandings. He had a half-ring of white hair around the back of his otherwise bald head. His waist measurement undoubtedly surpassed his IQ, and he was three weeks past due for a bath. I kept a respectable distance as I questioned him. "'What time did you say you discovered the body, Mr. Blandings?' Dean said. Blandings looked at his wristwatch and touched the crystal, counting the numbers in the small circle. He pointed to the watch. "'About twelve-thirty,' he said. "'I know because the downstairs clock just bonged once. It does that every half hour, and just before that it bonged twelve times. I counted.' Dean wrote down the time on his notepad. "'Is this room rented to the victim?' Dean said. "'Who's the victim?' Blanding said. Dean pointed to the body on the bed. "'She is,' he said. "'Is her name on the register for this room?' "'Uh-huh,' Blanding said, nodding his head vigorously. "'That's Vicky Tricks. I know.' "'How do you know?' Dean said. "'How do I know what?' Blanding said his head conking to one side, like a dog who'd heard a strange noise in the night. Dean tried to keep his patience with the dim-witted man. How do you know this woman's name? Oh, she's been here before, Blanding said. Lots of times. And does she check in here alone? Dean said. Huh? Blanding said, glancing back at the body. Does she check in by herself? Or does someone check in with her? Dean said slowly, letting each word sink into Blanding's thick skull. She always checks in with some man, Blanding said. And not always the same man, he added. I think maybe she was doing bad things up here with those men. You think? Dean said sarcastically. Huh? Blanding said again. Never mind, Dean said. Do you know the man's name? You know, the one who checked in with her this time. Blandings shook his head. Uh-uh, he said, shaking his head. He stood away from me when she signed in. I didn't get a good look at him. Could you at least tell how tall he was? Dean said. How old he was. Hair color. Eyes. Clothes. Anything? Blandings shook his head again. But he had nice shoes, he said. Shoes? Dean said. What was special about his shoes? Well, Blanding said, they was mostly brown, but the tops were shiny white. Two-tone shoes, Dean said. That wraps up this case. I guess we can all go home now, huh? Blandings looked to Dean for further explanation, but got none. He switched his gaze to each of the two uniformed officers who had accompanied Dean to the scene. They both looked away. Blanding's eyebrows went up, and he pursed his thin lips. Then I guess you don't want to know about his car, either. All three cops spun around and looked at Blandings as if he'd just swallowed a worm. What car? Dean said. He had a big black car parked outside, Blandings said. I seen him get out of it, and Vicky got out of the other door. Then they came in here, and she signed the registration book. What kind of car was it? Dean said. Black, Blandings said. Big and black. Great, Dean said. Big and black. That's it? You don't know the make or the model? Just big and black, Blandings repeated. Dean turned to one of the officers. Get his name and address and phone number. 
I may want to talk to him again, heaven knows why, but just in case. The woman's body was removed from the bed and transported to the morgue an hour after having been discovered. Andy Reynolds had removed the note from this second victim and passed it over to Dean. He unfolded it and read, Money. That's what I want. To stop these killings. Details to follow. Gotta be the same guy, Dean said. Same M.O., same kind of note. I sure hope this isn't a sign of things to come. Again, just twelve words were used to convey the killer's message to the police. 